Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Yeah, we creeping to the holiday edition. That's right. We got Packers to talk about. Big win over the Rams. We'll get into that coming up. Cowboys with now a sizable, sizable, all right, Vegas favorite over the Eagles. We'll talk about the Jalen Hurts injury. Also, the Cowboys have a plan for the cornerback spot opposite Trayvon Diggs. It is a Texans Tuesday, so we'll talk about the Texans coming up next segment. We got the flex at 345. College football coaches are now claiming foul, foul play in the transfer portal. We'll get to that conversation coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock. And also, uh, we'll get to that Jeff Trailer, Mac Brown. A lot of coaches are uh, basically uh, letting you know how they feel about what they believe is cheating going on, tampering in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that. We'll also get into a Week 15 NFL review. We didn't do enough of that yesterday, so we'll do our best today. And also, Texas versus Washington Alamo Bowl preview. All of that and more before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin' ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? What it do, what it do. We are headed towards another day where we're going to talk about College football, NFL football, college basketball. There is so much that's going on. But most importantly, we're headed to the holiday season. And we all got to be festive because we like to give out gifts. And every once in a while, we will give out some gifts. But let me talk about my dude that gives gifts every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babel. Appreciate the intro as always. That's not a waste any time introducing the real MVP, the Idillionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he is underpaid. My man, Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? How you doing, brother? Doing good, doing good. I got my first uh, Christmas present. Uh-oh. Of the year Uh-oh. from my, my brother from Insta Serious last night. Nice. Got me a nice uh, a painting of Macho Man and Ric Flair. That is an outstanding it's a print of a yes. painting, but it is, yes. it's a really cool thing. This wow. guy's Hal Haney Art. He's a really good artist. That's I'll really post cool. it up on the Twitter uh, uh, so people can see it. But yeah, so I got my first. So I'm re- I, 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 now I'm in the spirit. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's pretty cool. I'm an old school wrestling guy, so I, I feel that, no doubt about it. I, I'd like to get a chance to to see that when it, it's in my office. It is in your office right now. It's in my office. Yeah, right it, now. It's, it's, it's I'm gonna dope. go check that it's out. Dope. Break, it's dope. Man. That's uh, that's legit, no doubt. Uh, all right, yeah, everybody's in. The, should be in the giving spirit, uh, and everybody uh, should be in the holiday spirit. These are our holiday shows. Short week for us. That means we need more participation from you. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That's the number to the specs text line. Please hit us up there. You can also hit us up via the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Davis. Any Twitterverse, I'm at Harge. Is at Hardball Harge. Any Twitterverse, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, let's start off talking about the game last night, and then we'll get into the Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets. There are a few Cowboys stories that we need to address. Uh, it is a top of the charts Tuesday, which means my man Patrick will play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. That's always my favorite musically themed day of the week. 
uh, as we always get a uh, a good, um, I would say eclectic mix, but also I get very educated. There's always a random conversation that starts. Guarantee you want to start for Top of the Trust Tuesday. All right, gentlemen, let's get right to it. Uh, not a lot to discuss last night, but there are a few topics. Uh, Green Bay beating the Rams 24-12. Uh, Baker, as my man uh, Bucky calls him, Baker, Baker, moneymaker. Uh, was it that last night? Uh, he left re- up short change. Yes, there you go. I like that. There you go. Uh, a little yeah. change there. But, yeah, not much from Baker. Uh, he was sacked five times, so he didn't get a lot of help. I think he was pressured close to 38% of the time. Um, did get an interception, but that was actually on a deflection uh, for the Green Bay defense. But the Green Bay d- defense did show up, and the Green Bay offense – Pretty much geared around A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Those two combined for 126 rushing yards, but 197 total yards, 35 touches, three touchdowns. That's the story. Uh, Green Bay just overwhelmed the uh, really the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams right now, I mean, they are basically at this point, is statistically the worst defending Super Bowl champion in NFL correct. history. Correct, correct. That is because if you look at it, they've been eliminated from the playoffs or at least from playoff contention with the most weeks remaining for defending Super Bowl champion. Go, go back to the 99 Broncos for that. And their 10 losses now will be tied for the most in a season by defending Super Bowl champion. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's, it's almost embarrassing. I think I went through the numbers of how much money – at one point, oh, yeah. has been sitting on the bench strictly because of the injuries that they've been going through. And every time I, I, I sit back and I look at where you are, where you're trying to go, and what is expected, I mean, think about this. Aaron Donald, he was contemplating retirement at one point during the offseason. He ended up getting paid. He ended up getting all his money, and everything changed. Uh, Sean McVay was also up for Amazon. He was going to be the commentator. Obviously, he was going to be Mm -hmm. uh, Kirk Herbstreet at this point. Uh, He was contemplating that. Then you start looking about Matthew Stafford. Was Matthew Stafford that one year his golden year? Yes, it seems to be. That was his golden year at that time. So when you go through all of the – the offseason stories and what's happening. Then you lose Odell Beckham Jr. He's out of there. Mm -hmm. So you lost that big-time playmaker. Then throughout the season, you get all those guys back. Matthew Stafford on the bench from concussion protocol, neck injury. You're looking at what happened to Aaron Donald. He's out. Cooper Cup, who was your top wide receiver, he's out. Jalen Ramsey hadn't been the greatest cornerback Mm -mm. this year. So you start looking at this team, and then you're like, and you said F them picks. So there's a lot that has transpired <laughs> throughout the season uh, leading up to this po- uh, moment. And then you were li- dealing with what? Your, what is Baker, their third or fourth quarterback right now? I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, they. Technically, because yeah. you have Perkins and you have Wolford. So now ba- you bring in Baker, who's a former number one overall pick. I thought Baker. And you said this yesterday before we left, Rod. You're like, that could be trouble. He had a week to prepare. <laughs> he didn't have time to think before. Well, and there were some times he made a throw, and you're like, what was he thinking about on that throw? They just don't have a lot of talent though around him either. I mean, if you had any of the guys you mentioned, those guys are all pro 
caliber players. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald's mm-hmm. the best defensive player in football. Uh, Cooper Cup was at the time considered to be a top three, top five best wide receiver. He wasn't available. They've had a lot of injuries, and I think they're demoralized at this point, too. They know yeah. that they have no shot to make the playoffs. I don't think they are playing for a lot either. I still think Sean McVay's a hell of a coach. I, I don't know what to think of Baker. I don't know if Baker's going to get another shot or not. This was, I do think this was a shot for him, but I don't know how it ends up you know, becoming a chance at him becoming a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't right. know if it materializes in that way. Um, I'll say this for the Rams. I do think you know next year they'll be much better because Matthew Stafford's already said he's coming back. So I believe he's probably going to take the entire offseason and get completely healthy. If you got a completely healthy Matthew Stafford, you know, you're a much different team. Um, right, no right, question fair, about it. Fair. So I think next year they won't have this issue. They'll probably move on from Baker. Um, F them picks, you brought that up. Remember, that it was more F them first-round picks. They still have picks in the middle rounds, and they built a lot of their roster on the middle-round picks. They got a hit now. They got to have a tremendously high uh, success rate and hit rate on their middle-round picks. If they don't, this franchise is about to go down a, a, down, a downward spiral, and it's about to happen quickly. Right. Um, because a lot of these guys are aging, getting older. Aaron Donald considered retirement last year. Um, Matthew Stafford, off, based on some of the recent reports, off, also considered retirement too. He's going to come back. And those are good things, but man, there are a lot of their eight, their superstars are aging. Um, so they yeah. got to figure something out fast. Yeah, it seems like they went from let's run it back to now like we can't go out like that. <laughs> I like right, that. right, right, right. <laughs> I like now, that too. But that's it. See, like now they're like, hey man, we got to like I don't want to go out as the biggest like fluke Super Bowl. Hey man, we put together for one year, but it was a fluke because we all got we we suck because. People won't remember the injuries in 10 years, 20 years. No. They'll just go, oh, best record to worst record. That's what it says in the book. Pretty much. Yep. And so yep. you go, man, if we can come back the next year and get back to the playoffs and go, yeah, that was a fluke season. The fluke season was the one we lost all the games, not the one we won the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, and it won't haunt Sean McVay because it's his only losing season so far. Yeah. So he, if I, Sean McVay might – remember, he, he thought about retiring. Everybody thought no, about everybody. moving on. No, because <laughs> that was the whole deal. It was after <laughs> picks and let's run it back. And then when running back goes wrong, yeah, like man, everyone gets hurt. But now it's, yeah, we can't go out like that. So I think everybody's going to at least come back, have a have a meeting in the offseason and go, hey, man, we, do we really want our legacy to be One we won? Push. And then everyone just, oh, man, those injuries that we fought through, maybe you couldn't fight through anymore. Do we want that or do we want to push again? And then the big question is, can you go to the owner then, Stan Kroenke, and be like, hey, we need you to open that checkbook one more time. I think he will, though. Any I think he will Walmart, because Walmart the ladies. whole reason he moved it, well, because they settled most of that stuff with St. Louis, so I think some of that yeah. money he had put away, he's not necessarily going to have to write that check. So he may be able to write I some other. That whole area he built out in L.A., he's going to be profit. Like, even without the football team, that complex he built out there yeah. is going to make him hand over fist money for the next whatever, how Multiple many years. years yeah. So he's going to make so much money on that complex that he built out there that he'll be okay, that he can probably spend some more money. And they're, they're, they're the cash over cap uh, people, exactly. as you pointed out uh, a couple of months ago. That was one of their kind of cheat codes to help them um, get a advantage on the rest of the league. So I, I'm with you. I think they'll they'll try to you know bring it back, and they'll try to come back strong next season. they got a good shot to do that. But health is always a big part of it, man, staying healthy and then having a lot of depth. Having depth and staying healthy, that's the biggest issue for the Cowboys right now. Uh, biggest issue for the Eagles right now. Yep. Uh, as a matter yep. of fact, we can get into that story right now because I think that's probably the biggest story in the NFL, gentlemen, is the fact that Jalen Hurts is dealing with a sprained throwing shoulder. Now, it will be, they say it's a mild to mid-medium sprain, right? So a moderate sprain, which means 
two weeks or two games potentially missed for Jalen Hurts. Um, they'd still like to get that number one seed in the NFC, which would give them a bye week, and they still got a really good chance to do it. As a matter of fact, all they need is one more win to clinch the number one seed. We talked about this yesterday. One more win to clinch the number one seed in the NFC and, or a loss by a, either Minnesota, San Fran, and Dallas, and they could clinch it. So they could clinch it. It seems like right now they're definitely in the driver's seat. They got like a basically a two-game lead on Minnesota, which would be the closest team to them for that number one seed in the NFC. As long as they can win one, as long, long as they don't go over down the stretch, they should be okay. Also depends on how, how strong Minnesota finishes. Minnesota finishes undefeated, then they could potentially challenge Philadelphia for that number one seed. Well, and, and the bye week. Yeah, and if you look at this team and the way that they're constructed – I don't see them being being swept in these last three games. They're just too tough. Their defense is getting better, and that's one thing that you've been talking about, Rod. As we've we've watched this team grow a little bit, you're like, man, they're getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side, you still got a lot of talent. Gardner Minshew is not a punk. I mean, he's been in the game for a while, and you know as well as I do, he's looking at this as an opportunity for him to say, all right, I'm auditioning for the next season with some other teams because I've got a lot of talent here. There's a ton of talent on the Philadelphia offensive side of the ball. They are considered one of the best offensive lines in the game. Miles Sanders is having probably one of his best seasons as a a running back. And then you look at A.J. Brown and what – uh, Devontae Smith. Smith has been doing. And by the way, the back. Dallas, Gallard, got Dallas, mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard is healthy and he'll be active this weekend yeah. as well. So they're, they're on the positive side. So I see this as one of those games where the Dallas Cowboys, you can't look at it because Jalen Hurts not there. And there's still a possibility of him being able to play this weekend. He came out today and said, I'm going to do everything I can to be able to play in this game. Now, Nick Sirianni, Mm -hmm. he will be the one to make that final decision. It's like, all right, man, look, the Cowboys played without Dak Prescott the first time. We can go out here and play without you this time, and we're still in a good position. Yeah. I mean, I think the closest Philadelphia will get is they will make him – questionable for the game for the entire week and he could potentially maybe come out dressed out but i don't think he'll play and he wouldn't see the field and and if you want to go that far to play mind games with the cowboys which i am totally all about i mean it makes sense Uh, just kind of force the cowboys to prepare waste practice time preparing for jalen hurts even though they believe there's no way it's going to be jalen hurts i understand that i don't think there's any shot at all vegas is usually right about these things that he plays i haven't looked at it hard it's usually you keep yeah. up with these things. I think yesterday it, uh, Dallas ended the day as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and that number rose four points, essentially, um, because it started as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Right. Um, and that was before the injury news. The injury news led to a four-point swing. That could be even more now. Yeah, and remember, Jerry Jones basically <clears throat> lied about uh, Dak being able to come back by that Eagles game. Right, right. And he right. was nowhere no close to being ready That's to play. True. And he kept play. saying it up yeah, until that game. Yeah. Oh, I think he's coming back. Oh, I think he's healthy. And then after the game, he's like, oh, I he can. don't have a thumb. He can't spin it. He can't do <laughs> yeah. that. Right after that game, he was like, oh, yeah, no, well, he's not. He's in a cast, but he <laughs> think, I think he'll do it. Yeah, exactly right. No, I, that's why it's smart. We're going to cut that cast off before yeah. the game. Yeah. It's, it's smart by Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts just continue to say, hey, man, he could be a possibility, and maybe he will be a possibility, but. 
Um, Vegas is eh, is the reason they build those casinos, um, and they're building more and more every day. Uh, well, so they also know that the Dallas Cowboy fans will jump all over a also line true. and believe that, yeah. oh, we got a chance now. That's why they continue to move it. Right now, the Vegas line is, the, and this is on your site, mybookie.com. Shout out. It, it is uh, the Eagles plus five. So the Cowboys okay. are a five-point favorite. That means that money, because at one point it was already it was all the way up to six. It had jumped all the way mm. up to six quickly. And at first it was a pick em almost. It was yeah. plus one, minus one. And now you're in a position like this, and they know better. They understand that it's like Texas. If you tell the Texas Longhorn faithful that they are favored in a game, that we all look at the numbers and we say, there's no way Texas should be favored in this game. <laughs> but as a fan, we're like, oh, I, I, I see it. I see it. TCU. They know. They that throwing that money out there. Yeah, Texas, like, like, TCU, Texas favorite? Yeah, Texas favorite. Exactly. And it ain't a big competitive game. They build casinos for a reason. But, yeah, sometimes you're like, what the hell? I mean, why does that line look like why that? Why is that? What yeah. if, and then you start searching. You start mm-hmm. looking through everything. Is somebody hurt? Do they know something <laughs> oh, about something? they know something. <laughs> I don't know how the hell Vegas still knows they know. Man, but Vegas, they know. They know, man. They know. They, they do. Um, Dan Quinn, he doesn't know. No. Who's going to be the corner opposite Trevor Undick. Uh, that's one thing he does not know about. Uh, it was reported by John Machota. Cowboys DC Dan Quinn said that will be an open competition. Week 16, gentlemen. Come on, man. We're going back to training. Come on, <laughs> man. Mentality. Come on, man. You got an open competition at the corner spot opposite Trevon Diggs. And he says Kelvin, Joseph, Nation Wright are most likely going to be the two marquee uh, corners you'll see in that spot. But they have added Mackenzie Alexander and Ken- Kendall Sheffield and Trayvon Mullen to try to see if they can just – Either moneyball it or you know get, throw, go with the Argo principle, the best bad idea because you're out of good ideas. You know, Anthony Brown it was your best option there at corner, and people com- y'all complained about him. Hell, hard you complained about people complained about Anthony Brown. I kept trying to tell you, there's y'all, no lies I, being I told mul- there, my brother. I had multiple segments, multiple segments yep. saying. Anthony Brown is actually one of the better corners in the league. You guys just don't appreciate him because he's the other corner. Something I was for most of my career at Texas, where I was opposite Quentin Jammer. Now opposite I understand Nathan Dasher, how you felt love like, for him. I was a good player. <laughs> now but, I know why yeah, you felt love for him. I was a good him. player. People were like, well, yeah. that other guy, I was, uh, that other yeah. guy. Not Nathan Vasher, not Quentin Jammer, the other guy. Like, well, that other guy was me. All right? But you wouldn't throw at Nathan Vasher, who's uh, the all time leader right, in interceptions right, here right, in Texas, right, are tied right, with Noble Dawes. Right. You wouldn't throw at Quentin Jammer, who's a top 10 pick in the league. You're going to throw at that other guy. And I was that other guy, and I was damn good. But I'm sure a lot of Longhorn fans complained about me. <laughs> and I was like, that bum, <laughs> get it together. Get Babers, Babers. So I, re- I, I felt a little sympathy for my man Anthony Brown. Yeah, he did. constantly complained about now him just got, because he was opposite at all I got pro. it now. And he was actually more than serviceable. Very much the better so. Corners. And now Very much y'all have so. seen the precipitous drop-off. For sure. When you lose a just a serviceable guy, a consistent player there. And this is why now the entire secondary has fallen off and has totally you know b- disintegrated. But it's also Jordan Lewis, too. You I was going to say Jordan Lewis. I was waiting. You I was waiting. Two I was like, so yeah, yeah Jordan Lewis was out, too. But I would say Deron Bland he's been has fair. been great Been very fair. Considering he's just a rookie and what was he? Uh, Fresno State. Like a, yeah. 
rounds, late, mid, late, late mid round. round, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, he's been bad for you. It's that corner opposite Trevon Diggs that's been the biggest issue. Yeah, and 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 I'll, I'll I will be the one that sat sat there and said, "Hey, man, I need to give more respect to what and uh, you Anthony did. You said Brown." It yesterday, yeah. I was like, "I got to give more respect to him because I never thought in my life I would say I sure missed that guy. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't have got hurt because hey. that was because of what you just said Tell too, Rod. It makes one thousand percent sense when it's the opposite of he's just being attacked our all pro yeah he's just being attacked he, more. and that gives him more opportunity to be exposed on certain things exactly. not necessarily that he was bad he it bad. was just like just every it. play is going <laughs> at him yeah. so now I gotta magnify him yeah. even more so so I appreciate that now I understand why you was always like hold what? up man he ain't that bad I was Anthony Brown at one time <laughs> so I felt that man I was like man exactly. he was playing good ball you were like <laughs> man did we go look at the numbers <laughs> He was actually playing pretty well. Like, oh, he's got a bum. I'm like, oh, it's not a bum. I'm he's you. not a Hey, so, by the way, that bum made all America. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm he's, saying? Just, he's just the other corner. And I right. Because he gets, you're right, he gets so many targets. There's, there's just a, a ton of different ways yep. to attack that guy. And teams, they build entire game plans around attacking Correct. the corner opposite Trevon Diggs. Yep. And I think now, I think we're starting to see how – much of a liability but it can I, be. But I also want to go back to the fact of what you also said was Jordan Lewis is Jordan not Lewis there either. Been hurting him. And I know, you know, we talked about Deron Bland. He's Deron done Bland's great. Good, he's, done, he's made some plays and he's been in the he's right position. Now. He's a fifth right. round pick. Right. And he's and now he's putting his name in the kitty for if you want to pay for another corner or a slot guy. You got it because he he's got four he had, interceptions. He had a season high twelve targets versus Jacksonville. They go, they, they gonna keep attacking whoever is not Trevon Diggs, right? And they put Deron Bland on Christian yeah. Kirk a lot of times. And but here's the difference in that: Trevor Lawrence is a damn good quarterback. That's true. Uh, Peterson is a damn good play caller and a head coach. That's so true. that also puts it in perspective. Agreed. But this week you're looking at Gardner Minshew and what's going to be important and how you're going to handle that. And attacking that. So for Dan Quinn, going into what? What is this? Week 15? 16? 16. We're sitting here looking that Mm -hmm. we're having an open Mm -hmm. competition. The biggest uh, question mark and uh, point to, to be made here, Sheffield has been in this organization for at least five weeks now. And he still hadn't jumped up to the front of the line. Then you bring in another guy in Mullins who was a second-round pick who is – Basically, he's Kelvin Joseph because they were both second-round picks and you Mm. took a chance on it, and now he's on his third team in a short period of time. So you're also saying, yeah, that's why we're having to have an open competition. That does not bode well for the Dallas Cowboys at that point. And let's not forget, I mean, it is Gardner Minshew, the quarterback, but they got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith on that. Correct. Like, you are playing against a top-wide receiver, whoever DB2 is – you are playing as a top wide receiver in the league. More yeah, so. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter so who there, even if your quarterback's not there, this guy's probably going to get open a couple times. I, For sure. The, the only thing I can think of, and you brought this up, Patrick, yesterday a little bit, in terms of schematic adjustments to make, was just to say, and then it's so to leave Trevon Diggs almost in zero coverage with no help at all and then give help to the other corner. But then they're going to figure that out after a quarter or two, well, a quarter and a half. It might not take them that long. And then they're going to say, all right, zero coverage. We got to go at Trevon Diggs. Yeah. He's yeah. zero coverage. Which you may just say, hey, Trevon, we need you to go Deion Sanders style. We got, yeah. and I, you got to bounce around. That and is be almost whoever. impossible. We saw yeah. Jalen Ramsey try to do it and get toasted. Well, Honestly, I don't know who's doing it right now in the NFL. Sauce Gardner. 
Yes. It's crazy. No, no, I'm not joking. No, he really is following up everybody around. This is not a BS tag. We'll get into this in my NFL Week 15 review stuff um, because I want to get into that in 6 o'clock. He was not targeted once in a Detroit Lions game. Yeah. They didn't didn't target a rookie corner one time. They didn't even throw it at him. Dude, that hadn't been done. In a, you got to go back to Jalen Ramsey prime, Darrell right. Rivas prime stuff before you were doing stuff like that, not throwing it at all to a corner. I agree. Um, man. What was the um, the corner but, for the Patriots that won Defensive Player of the Year? That was, his name. that was Stephon Gilmore. Yes, he, he was in that yeah. realm for a while, yep. too. When he, Stephon yeah. Gilmore. But, but it's just rare for a rookie to be there. But yep. even when we talk about if you talk about putting a man on there and just go, hey, man, you're going to have to you're gonna have to figure out Trevon Diggs, none of that even matters if you don't have the pass rush because if you allow them enough time – to work on anybody, especially one on one, and you just go, "Hey, we're giving you no help, Trayvon, and we're getting him seven seconds." There's not like yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, it's, there's matter. nothing you can do at that point. Yeah. So that's where like you have to have a pass rush to try and help this secondary out, and that's what the Cowboys have been missing these last few weeks is when that pass rush started to go down, it just exposes so much in that secondary, and then Anthony Brown goes down, and now it, you can there's. There's so many holes right now. It's very hard to put your finger in all of them. It's hard to say. So, so <laughs> true that. True Goes that. Back to Harge's yeah, finger, my finger, and finger in the dikes. <laughs> yeah, finger in the dikes. You gotta let that water. You yeah, can't yeah, stop it. You can't stop it. Comfortable. So yeah, it's like man, I I can't fill out these holes. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. As we as we break this down right now, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and where you were a couple weeks ago mm. to where we are now. And the exposure that we've seen on this defensive side of the ball. To your point, Patrick, there's no pressure to the quarterback, which also leaves the defensive side of the ball, I mean the corners, the outside, exposed. I've been I was fighting with some of my homies last night because they 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 are mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboy fans, but they hate Dak Prescott. Hey. And they believe that this is the reason. But those are the same people that love Tony Romo for the same reasons they hate Dak Prescott. Yeah, mo- a lot of Romo sexuals end up being, for some reason, like Dak haters. And, and I don't get it. They're Dak heads, and I don't understand. I'm a Romo sexual, but also I like me some Dak. Right. You understand, you know. What I mean? you know? Yeah. Hey, once you go Dak, you can't go back. Yeah, so here's where we're at. It, but that's most. you're right. There's some of that. that but my question is now. When we look at what we thought was going to happen, and this was the argument that I had yesterday, the defense was what I thought was going to get this team over the hump. I thought that what we were talking about with Dan Quinn, how he's using it, but that was we needed to keep everybody healthy defense. Now we don't, we're missing a slot and a corner on the same side of the ball to where it's like, uh, even though these guys are giving us a little bit more, they're not the same. They're, we're not looking at the same defense. And we're being exposed because of what you talked about at the very beginning of the year, Rod. They're not stopping the run the way that we thought that they were going to stop the run here lately. Well, they lost Jonathan Hankins for a little while. Yes. He'll be back, though, for the playoffs, but that hurt him. Oh, he brought back Watkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he did not make the tackles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they um, they started playing more. Listen, LVE going out was huge for them. Yep, yeah. He might be their best tackler in the running game right and now. And your play caller. Um, he's your, he's your, he's yeah, the, he's he's the, the guy piece that's facilitating, yeah. Yeah, he's facilitating everything. He's your air traffic controller controlling all the, the movement 
moving parts there in the audibles. So I think that hurt him, but he doesn't have a long-term injury, so he'll be back. But you're right. They're most susceptible to the run. I'll say this. I thought maybe moving Michael Parsons off the line of scrimmage sometimes from the edge to off-ball linebacker may help them uh, deal with the run game. It's not actually the key. Michael Parsons had 12 quarterback pressures versus Jacksonville. Yeah. And he had their one sack in the last two weeks. He had a pressure versus five different opposing offensive linemen. All five starting offensive linemen. He ended up getting a pressure versus those guys. Michael Parsons ain't your problem. Right. It's some. It's the rest of those. It's the rest, it's rest of, of those guys, guys who ain't the rest of the guys. D D Law. D Law. Hot yeah. boy. Hot boy. We're not yeah. that hot anymore. Yep. You're right. It's you the, know what I'm saying? It's, it's, so other, it's, a, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah. No, I'm with you. 100. percent And uh, the Cowboys got to figure some things out because if not, man, the Eagles say what you want. There's a well built roster. They have arguably the best O-line and the best D-line yes. in the league. They're in that conversation. For sure. Um, they're the most opportunistic defense in the NFL, arguably, forcing turnovers. And the Cowboys have turned the ball over a little too much lately. They got D. Slay in the secondary. They got a secondary. It's like, so they, yeah. I, I Even with a Gardner Minshew, like the Cowboys with the Cooper Rush, because they were right now looking like one of the best you know built rosters in the league, they still can beat you. Yes. Like the, like the 49ers with a third-string quarterback. Thank you. That's because they still got <laughs> and missing their wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. Like they can still beat you because they're well. And built. they got theirs. That's what I'm they saying. They got so both of theirs. Even that Gardner Minshew stuff. Yeah. That, uh, I'm That's so why worried. I said I'm like no, I don't understand why people out. are looking. Oh, they're playing Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a beast. He's got he's got juice and Before, he and he got yeah. something to prove no. every single time. Gardner Minshew brings juice every time. Everybody knows every it's, time. it's Taylor Heineke esque, where you don't know if it's like very proficient or technically. Sad. Sound, but he just finds a way to move the chains and make plays. He's exactly. one of them guys. And that's it. It, it, ain't, it ain't pretty, but. Hey. I don't need a big play. All I need is a first down. And them, I don't know. Something tells me, man, he's going to be feeling, he's going to be hyped. Come on, he, man. Mike Leach, that's guy, why, that, Mike Leach passed away last uh, week. They, had, it, they had his funeral today. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. He probably drove there in his, yeah. in his little bus or Winnebago yes. or whatever the hell he got. And he got the mustache. Oh, the Looking at you. mustache. Yeah, bet you madness. Yeah, And man. them Philly fans love him. I know they do. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't like it. I don't like it at I all. I don't either. And that's why I say <laughs> Vegas knows exactly uh, how to get the cow- the Cowboy fans mm-mm. involved with the thought process. Yeah. Trust me. Oh, we're six-point favorite. Oh, they're not <laughs> playing Jalen Hurst. Oh, my gosh. Let's go put all our – honey, I'm putting the mortgage on them. <laughs> Uh, love, we're about to be living in a trailer. I love this sex or almost sexual. Nothing but, wrong with that, by the but way. But Dak can't go back like what? Oh, nothing wrong with that. I got family in trailers. Right, exactly. Like would have been so much better for Cowboys fans had they let Romo drive that 2016 team in the playoffs. He came in the last game against Philly and was back and excellent. Romo deserved that final playoff chance. That's why we've been cursed with Dak. No rookie quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. No reason to roll with Dak in 2016. I'll say this about that uh, text specifically. I remember that time period, and remember that team that Dak originally was having to, you know, be the uh, basically engineer of when he when Romo went down. It, remember, it was it was built for Romo. Yes, that was that was that's twenty sixty. It was built for the for the Romo last hurrah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
That's what it was built for. Receiving the running game, Trust the me. fortress of solitude with the old line. Right? You see, you had go to wide receivers. Uh, you see, had a tight end as a veteran tight end. It was built for the Romo push. Too and, much Witten. And Romo was fragile. Yes. And he couldn't make it. And that's why that's why they built the offensive line the way they did, because it was like, we gotta protect Romo. Romo was never gonna make it that long. Well, all those Romo sexuals know it now. He was never gonna make it that but, long. But but he was you never sit gonna there, make and it you, that long. Man, we've been cursed since Dak. No, we he was cursed. Curse because nah. Romo got hurt prior yeah. to that. Romo was never and don't make forget, it Dak wasn't even supposed to be our quarterback. It was supposed to be Kellen Moore, and he got hurt. And Dak was third string. No, the Cowboys. The Cowboys are one of the most blessed and teams. I'm glad that Kellen Moore was not our quarterback. No, no, think about it. the Cowboys are one. That's how you know the Cowboys are God's team. They really are. Nobody has been luckier at quarterback than the Cowboys. They had a undrafted. Uh, rookie become their franchise quarterback in Tony Romo, and as my man Harsh pointed out, you stumbled upon and lucked out when you end up getting Dak because you didn't want Dak. Remember, you yep, were gonna yep, trade yep, yep. for all, all these other Connor oh, Cook, yeah. oh, Paxton my God. Lynch. Come on, those man. were the quarterbacks you wanted, and you, hell, Johnny Manziel, and he ended up with Dak, and turns out Dak was the guy. But you so know what, Dak. Dak yeah. is not a championship level. Who is? <laughs> Who is? The Cowboys have had twenty. Five years since the last Super Bowl. That is the thing that drives me nuts with Cowboys fans. Everybody <laughs> think they have the answer on who the quarterback was. You don't have the answer, Sway. This is not <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Good you know what I'm saying? Uh, all right, uh, we went over there talking about the Cowboys. It doesn't. I think it gets sorry, everybody sorry, emotional. Man. It gets we got Texans Tuesday. Up. Man, you're taking up Texans talk here. <laughs> we got Texans Tuesday coming up. Brought, brought, brought to you by good friends over at Bud Light. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to point the horn. Oh, yeah. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. And my man Patrick always um, doing the most. In a good way, by the way. On a top of the charts Tuesday. Playing jams have reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, oh, man. Heard it through the grapevine. Wow. Well done. I can't believe the Cal- California Raisins have done so well, man. <laughs> Man, okay, they can, disappeared fast, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Can yeah. we talk about what that was? What the it hell was, a, was that? I can tell I remember you, I, honestly, what it was. But an what? advertising campaign for by the raisin industry. Damn, man, they paid I, a lot I, of money for that. I looked it up because I was curious about it myself. We do remember, it was, it was, but it was, it was like a big, expansive it campaign. It was big, and so this is another thing that falls into that category of before streaming, and it doesn't make sense in today's age. But I'm like, oh yeah, there's all these songs, and they would basically put a greatest hits album together oh, man. of all the best soul songs, and then you'd be like, well, I don't gotta go buy ten albums now to get these ten songs. I can the, just get this compilation, from the, <laughs> and then the kids are gonna yeah, love it man. because we have the, the California. Most, we have the thing that I don't know if it started out as racist as it was, but it it clearly got to where we're like, wait a minute. Well, the raisins were black. Yeah, that was pretty obvious that all the raisins were black. 
And I don't know if we, we got did everybody get that. There were the black raisins, and I, come on, man. I don't think anything was wrong with them being it was black wine. raisins. It was, they were but, making but, wine. But in a time where <laughs> you did not have a lot of representation of people from of color on yeah. television, yeah. it was probably not. There, there was a fact that a generation of to have just the, your, your black representation to be raisins on TV. Yeah, let's put there's there's a generation of people, a generation of kids who grew up being like, man, California raisins, most influential black group. <laughs> They brought soul to music. <laughs> the California Raisins. Uh, yeah. No, you're right about that. that was, yeah. uh, and I mean, then you go and find out, and then if you go back and listen to them now, you're like, oh, yeah, they're just cover band. Like, y'all are uh, party bands. Just covering, like, great soul bands of all. Like, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're like, it was just band. basically they got together. It wasn't even like they got great singers to do it. They, they were good singers, but they were just a cover band. Oh, yeah. You, but they you just got the recorded. The songs were so classic. The songs were iconic, yeah. so they didn't need the singers. They just needed you know, the songs, and they got them. They got them. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's why I love Top of the Trust Tuesday. It's always a random topic. All right, Texan Tuesday brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Gentlemen, uh, let's get to this story because it comes from a Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. I got it from Bleacher Report, uh, but a Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, um, apparently he is claiming that and I, I I didn't bring this up, but I referenced it on I almost I referenced it on Monday actually. Um, after we were talking about the uh, the 49ers game, oh, it's actually the last 49ers game, which was on Thursday, I believe it was. Um, so we we're talking about the uh, the 49ers and Brock Purdy yep, and how yep, and yep, how Brock yep. Purdy look and and all that kind of stuff. And I said, man, people should keep an eye on D'Amico Ryan's. If you're the Texans, you should be keeping an eye on D'Amico Ryan's. And we had a discussion about whether they would move on from Lovey Smith in one season. I, and I said, maybe they want. That's probably not a – maybe they would and maybe they won't. But it's not a really good look for them to move on after Lovey Smith after one season. Um, but this report came from – But they did it to Cuddy. They did I mean, it to Cully, David Cully. Cully. They did yeah, it to David right. Cully. Exactly right. Um, and David Cully. I mean, he was actually had the team winning some games. Exactly, and they did it. And then Arizona had done it to uh, Steve Wilkes. Yeah. So once again, going back to the California Raisins, it's happening to brothers. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't referencing that, but you are one thousand percent correct, my brother. My brother. (laughs) (laughs) Where's David Cully now? David Cully is living the life so much. He was coach no more. Under the cover, he was an assistant, like a position coach for his entire career. Yeah. Yes. Got that Texas game for one year. I think they paid him to go away and they shut up. Him. They don't basically gave him a lot of hush money. Don't talk about what happened to you, what you saw here. Yeah. And we haven't seen that brother yeah. since. <laughs> yeah, we have not. I live, he's living good. And that mug is in the Bahamas what? chilling. He's on an island next to Tyler Perry's island. Exactly. Like, hey, what's up, Tyler? He's like, what do you do for a exactly. living? Like, exactly. Oh, calling Tyler, <laughs> can I go to your island? <laughs> can I go to your island? Tyler's like, exactly. what do you do for a living? Oh, I used to be a coach in the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, so I'm you've been head coach for a while to get that Texas game? Nah. Position coach, position. Coach, I won like, too many games. How many? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Seriously, though. Okay, uh, please report. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported um, that basically he believes Lovey Smith is currently on the on shaky ground. Yes, this is crazy to me. It's like shaky ground. You're taking. <laughs> it's crazy to like, us. No shaky ground. You're taking. It's crazy to us. Yeah. But in the coaching circles, they are trying to figure out how can we tank enough. To grab a first number one overall pick and then have somebody else to build it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. So getting to that point because we believe it's going to be a quarterback, correct? I, I agree. So how about this? They say they in the same report here from Leach Report. They like Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon among the names that will be atop the Texans' uh, list, Nick Casario's list of possible candidates to replace Lovey Smith. He said they interviewed him. 
Um, prior to them hiring Lovey Smith, he was set to get a second interview and was considered a front runner. I don't know what the hell happened. They decided to go Lovey Smith. I, I really have no idea. But I do remember the report about him being a front runner for the job prior to him, uh, prior to Lovey Smith, I should say, being hired. Yeah, I, so, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, we should go back to D'Amico. If you're gonna hire Jonathan Gannon, I think D'Amico Ryan's would be just as qualified. I, I think that's in my who opinion. you need. I think that's who you need, and yeah. you need to find yourself another. Um, offensive coordinator type of, of mindset because the, what D'Amico Ryans has been able to do and what he's brought to that San Francisco defense because we we all give Kyle Shanahan, rightfully so, his mindset of an offensive coordinator and how he's been able to draw mm-hmm. up and deal with uh, adversity. D'Amico Ryans has done the exact same really thing has, and maybe man. even better. Maybe even better because – you look at that defense they're still in the way at number one. They're they're, top, they're the oh, yeah, most yeah. elite defense, even dealing with the injuries that they had to go through. It's true. And now you're looking at them every single week. And I was watching this today, Rod, and I was thinking about you right away. Our conversations of who are the top three teams in the NFC and who are the top three teams in the NFL. You still got to put San Francisco up there. That's crazy. I know, but I, I agree with you. You, you saying it's crazy? You still have to put even them with there. Brock Party. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I know. And I'm with you. I agree with you. I'm actually, but it's, I think at one point, I believe Brock Purdy is going to not show himself, but I believe he's going to have a rookie growing pains moment. Not, not just, but I think he hasn't had it yet. I don't know when it's, and I don't know, and I'm sure the cow, sorry, the 49ers can, they can withstand that. They're, they're talented enough to withstand him having a, making a few mistakes and being able to win an ugly or a close game. Not worried about that. They're actually there. If you look at their uh, margin of victory in the last seven games, it's 16 points. Right. The average margin of victory in the NFL is at an all-time low. Correct. And they're winning games by 16 points in, since week seven, and they've had two different quarterbacks. And, it, and, and this is the thing where I will, I will push back on you and think that he's not going to have a Brock Purdy mer- moment is because he actually have an, he has an offensive play caller that doesn't want to put him in that situation. When he was at uh, Iowa State, everything was put on him to be that guy. He was supposed to be the quarterback. Remember, I went back and looked last week when he got the job, and I was like, man, they won again, and he continues to do well. Don't forget, he was a top 15 draft pick in a box. Everybody loved this guy. But when his senior year or junior year, whichever year it was, he went out Both. there and tried to do too much. Both. He, and there was so much that was put on him at that time. And let's not forget, he was playing with Brees Hall. The problem was that offensive coordinator didn't realize what Brees Hall was, and they were trying to put too much Purdy on it and not enough Brees Hall on it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm going to get back to the Texans, though, because um, I, I, I kind of ventured off. Yeah, sorry um, about that. No, 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 no. no I was, was feeling that, that one. I was feeling my man Brock Purdy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, getting back to the Texans, I think they should consider D'Amico Ryans if they're going to consider Jonathan Gannon to replace um, you know, what they have now in Lovey Smith. I agree with Patrick. I don't know if they should – Make a change is after one year and back to back seasons. And you're also saying you got rid of Tim Kelly as your offensive coordinator last year. You put in Pep Hamilton. You're going to get rid of him. You're basically stalling any progress of any of your offensive young players because that'll be their third offensive system in three years. Pretty much. So you're like, hey man, forget everything you learned. We're starting over. 
And by the way, you don't know if we're going to keep this guy for three years. Which I think you're going to do anyway, though. When I think you, you're going to do because, because I don't you're think gonna you're going to bring not, in. Kev Hamilton's not going to be. He's not going to be the guy to tutor your young quarterback. So that's no, happening. But anyway. that's what I'm saying is I. So it's just basically sitting yeah. in. By the way, Tim I, Kelly went to the Titans as their passing game coordinator. So maybe he was the right choice to fire. <laughs> just saying. Also, <laughs> not they got rid of AJ Brown over there. too. They got rid of AJ Brown too. Yeah. Which is like that's probably why the GM's gone. It's yeah. Like, you know, but no. But I, I think there's something where you're like you have to if you do bring somebody in. You have to bring them in and be like, no, no, okay, we're done. We are done firing coaches yeah. for the next three to four years. We got to let you figure this out because at this point, like, this is why the players seem checked out a lot. Yeah, you'd have to give them five years, honestly. And I know that sounds crazy unless they show just pure ineptitude and dysfunction. Yeah. You have to give, because you've set the franchise back. We will also you set see it back three or four years now with the David Cully and then the Lovey Smith thing. We know that the, uh, yeah. the we saw the NFL send out a memo to all the teams about the gross overspending on staff that is no longer p- coaching in the league. Yep. The $800 million they say is currently being paid out by teams to fired staff. Yeah. Uh, and So maybe they'll go back to the Texans and go, hey, guys, you do us a solid and just keep them for one more. We know you're going to suck anyway. Just keep them for one more year just to cu- keep that number. Like It just looks bad in the NFL right now that we're firing everybody every season. No, I agree. They are, they, they've become that uh, – you know, kind of that league. At one point, it was just um, it, they, they would give some of these guys, you know, almost too much time. <laughs> and now we've kind of gone to the other extreme. We're not giving them enough time. I don't know what the happy medium is. And, I will say and the about, Roonies are laughing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because they're all about consistency. Um, you know, Packers have been very consistent in their franchise. These giving team, giving these coaches time. I'll say this though for the for the Texans, they have. They have been the franchise who has looked across the league now and looked at a lot of these young coaches as the one that got away. You look at Matt LaFleur was with the Texans uh, from 08 to 09 as an offensive assistant. Mike McDaniel was there from 06 to 08. Kyle Shanahan was there from 06 to 09. Robert Sella was there from 06 to 2010. Even Mike Vrabel was there from 2014 to 2017. And not one time did somebody within an organization, uh, one of the higher-ups, execs, ownership go – that's a really damn talented young offensive, defensive mind. Let's keep him in the organization. Let's promote him. Let's overpay him. Who cares? Let's keep him around longer. Um, it ha- listen, ha- y'all, y'all criticize the Cowboys a lot, but you know Jerry Jones is famous for doing that with guys like Kellen Moore. Uh, the Tennessee Titans did it with Arthur Smith for a really long time. He finally ended up leaving, going to the Atlanta Falcons. For the Texans not to be able to find one of those guys and be able to cultivate them, that's a shame. I think bringing a guy like D'Amico Ryan's back, potentially, if you're going to hire a defensive mind after one year, I would prefer him over Jonathan Gannon, just my opinion. But they really like Jonathan I, Gannon. I will too. tell you this on the Tim Kelly has been with the, uh, the, 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 was with the Texans since 2014 and worked his way up. He was a guy they thought of that. And then that was the one you thought of. I'm just telling you, <laughs> all those guys. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just telling you that was a guy who moved up the ranks in the organization oh, throughout the years. You chose the wrong one. You did. <laughs> just saying, they so have saying tried they it. That in mind, they have tried it. It was they, not done well. All the other guys, they could. I guess it's hard to keep some of those guys too. But come on, Texans. All right. <laughs> Great point, Patrick. All right, we'll come back uh, as a former Texans fan. He still stalks the Texans though. He's just a Raiders fan now. He stalks his ex, like a lot of you do. All right, we'll come right back. Got the flex on the other side, right here. Ball don't lie, I want
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, time for our flex segment on a top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, you know, I can't stop thinking about Dion's toes. Thanks, Harge. My bad, dog. They get sharp <laughs> video of Shedded Sharp hanging out with Dion. Dion yeah, showing man. him his amputated toes, or at least the toes that be amputated off the foot. My bad, dog. And now I can't think about nothing else, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Uh, anyway, getting back to our flex. Go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms, um, and go check it out. Lots of great content up there for you. Um, they got the 25-6A uh, all-district selections up there for you to check out. Um, also, a little uh, rundown on the, uh, the football state championship weekend. Um, shout out to Wembley, shout out to Vandergrift local teams. They were in action. Bernie, shout out to them as well. Um, did also uh, they have a mixtape? Uh, shout out to the of the mixtape for Wimberley, which is pretty cool. And my man Snoop always doing the big Snoop Snoop. JJ Don. Uh, so go check that out. A lot of great content over there at flxatx.com. Um, but go to flxatx on all your social media platforms as well. Um, and also, I believe you can still go check out the All Flex teams that's up there too. So you can go check out all of that on your uh, flxatx.com. Speaking of student athletes. Student athlete yeah, like uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It is National Signing Day, so a lot of the show tomorrow will almost become like its own flex, if you will, yep. covering the uh, the latest recruiting class for Longhorns, um, but also a lot of the local talent um, that will be signing with their schools officially. And hell, some 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 uh, players are already signed. You talked about that, Harge. I don't know what the rules are now, but players seem to be signing at you know strange times. I don't know what the official. Like uh, actual protocol is. So what I've heard it's, is it's a different. lot of it. A lot of it has been fake signing because the oh, they official got fake because school's out. So everybody that is signing tomorrow, they're going to be signing at a different time tomorrow and okay. faxing it in and getting it sent in because all of the schools are now out. If you look, if you looked on your social media or across social media and you saw that, the reason being is because everybody was. Getting out of school for the summer, I mean, I uh, the winter break. So they wanted to make sure that they had their events for everybody there. It's um, not official until they don't tomorrow. send it in, but they will have they the will announcement have their, yes. or the official celebration, festivities, yeah. their party, yes, whatever it is. So tomorrow, yeah. okay. because of the fact that they've moved signing day up, yeah, you right. know, and so they got two of them. Now. Then they got two of them. So of them if now. you're signing and you're getting ready to be on campus right now, yeah, if you're trying to get here. You're doing your ceremony, and then you're faxing it in first thing in the morning. That's, That's why there'll be a lot of it happening early in the morning you tomorrow. Got, you got multiple signing days now. You also have more guys that are early enrolling now, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Um, so it's a great point. Guys are just trying to get it out of the way. Guys and gals, by the way. No trying doubt. to get it out of the way um, so they can start their future, start the next phase, next chapter. Uh, that's what Flex is all about. FLXATX.com, FLXATX, and all your social media platforms. We come back. Speaking of the next chapter, apparently there's a lot of cheating going on in the next chapter. What? Especially when it comes to the transfer portal. Shocking. With give it and take it the way. We'll discuss it and break it down. Jeff Trailer, Mac Brown, other FBS coaches complaining about the lack of enforcement when it comes to tampering in the transfer portal. We'll talk about if there's anything that can be done. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not in the home.